say everything's bigger in Texas, including climate change. That's why Houston is leading the energy transition. Here in H-Town, the fourth largest city in the United States, entrepreneurs from across Texas and around the world are gathering to work with titans of industry to build the technology that will reduce emissions and power a low carbon future. We sit down with those change makers and wildcatters who are solving the toughest energy challenges. With trillions of dollars on the line, we dig into how Houston will bring technology to market on a massive scale. Join us as we talk with the leaders of the energy capital of the world as they show us how the energy transition gets done. I'm Lara Cottingham, and this is the Energy Technology Podcast. And I'm Jason Etier. Let's jump in. Welcome. Super excited to have with us today, Jana K. Porter uh, with Fractal. Fractal is a materials company developing plant-based polymer processes with a replacement of fossil fuels. Excited to have you here. Excited to be here. Tell us about Fractal. Uh, yeah, Fractal, we're, we're based in Houston. I'm from Houston. Um, we are developing, as you mentioned, bio-based polymers, so biopolymers, and our raw materials are plant material that are typically sent to landfills or other waste streams. And you're from Houston? I am from Houston. Born and raised OG? <laughs> Almost OG. I was born in New Orleans, which is sort of equivalent. Moved here when I was about two and been here my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about how you got into you have a great story that I love on so many levels. <laughs> sure. So um, I am a yogi or someone who practices yoga faithfully five to six times a week for about, I don't know, 13 years, something like that. And uh, when I was in the Bay Area, this was 2019-ish, into 2019, um, I was in hot yoga class and we were waiting for it to begin. So everybody's in there setting up someone. I'm in the back. Uh, a man comes and, and sets up beside me, unrolls his mat, brand new mat, um, and it starts to off gas immediately, right? And so it's strong. I'm smelling it. And really for the next 90 minutes, I'm thinking about what the mat is going to do to him, right? How it's going to interact with his skin, his face, his feet, because, you know, he's just in shorts, right? So it's all of that. Um, and then because it is a I don't want to say cheap, but cheap, right? It's It wasn't meant to last forever. Matt, it's going to degrade and he's going to throw it away. What's going to happen to it then, right? So um, instead of really meditating, I'm thinking about that. So I guess I was meditating, but not meditating on me, right? So I was thinking about that. And um, so as a, as a chemist, what can I do? Who do I need to talk to? And so for the next maybe six months, just kind of let it bounce around in my head. Um, nothing serious, just... Let's make some better athletic equipment, right? And it was really a me problem, right? I wanted to help my yogi community, right? And then it, when I went out looking for guidance, people were like, um, this is a bigger thing, I think, than you realize. And if you are, you know, willing to do this, here are some things that you should do, right? And people um, pointed me toward grant money and things like that as opposed to just sort of keeping it really small. So I guess I just didn't think about it as a company company. Um, then I was laid off. It was COVID, right? So the next May, six months later, laid off. And I was like, let's start a business, right? I moved back home, Houston's home. Um, and then 
during COVID, started my business. Um, and so two and a half years of us just grinding it out, really. And we'll be three years in a few months. Tell me about that project. Like, are you yeah. Home, that it's time to make? Was, <laughs> was there a transformation? Honestly, I, I've always been comfortable with risk, I think. And so when I was laid off, I think there was a switch in my mind that was like, you were ready anyway. So here's a perfect opportunity, right, for you to move into something else. You don't have any excuses now, right? Um, and I was fortunate that I still had a homestead in Houston, so I can just come home and just work on it. And I just kind of put my head down and started working on it. So first of all, um, I love the idea. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like there's so so much to delve into there. Sure. Like go back your original story. You you're in yoga. Yeah. And you said you could tell somebody that is off gassing. Yes. So one, you're you're a chemist. You've got I am some, a chemist. Some background that I want to learn. What does that mean? Yeah. And is that something that I should be worried about? Yes. Well, I think yes, yes, yes. Um, I think of yoga as like detox. Am yes. I, am I also retoxing? Absolutely. Time? Absolutely. So um, I think one of the things maybe that we don't think about are what the materials are used in any of the things that we interact with. Right. And so um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of um, the conversation about PFAS. Right. It's very similar to that where, you know, we're building these things and we interact with them on a daily. They break down because that's what things do. Um, and in the case with the the yoga mat, it's off-gassing, meaning, you know, the materials that are made with, um, there are things that are going on that are not complete or, right? And so it's releasing these gases, right? And it's in this 105-degree room, right? That doesn't help, right? And so, um, and I was right next to him, so it was just, I was just getting big whiffs of it for an hour and a half. But it, to answer your question, you should be concerned, right? It's... I think we've been taught otherwise. So like when you have a new car and you smell that, we've been conditioned to think that's a good thing. Is that a good thing that you're you're smelling formaldehyde in your car? Not necessarily, right? But um, yeah. When you just mentioned the podcast, you said you're some of the physical processes mm. that, that is a functional process is cheaply. I don't necessarily want to say that it's just because it's cheaply constructed. It just, in that instance, I could tell that the mat was a cheaply constructed, or I shouldn't say cheaply constructed, the material was not meant to last, right? And so um, you've seen the mats, right? They're just um, very, very thin, right? And, um, but in a, you know, on the other end of that, there are mats that are like in gyms, right? That are, you know, maybe a few inches thick. Those are built to last, right? And, and, that was just the case there. The off-gassing isn't necessarily because it's inexpensive or cheap. It's just because the materials or the compounds that they choose to make the materials with, right? Um, I also like that one of the things we always ask is what's your climate story? Mm -hmm. I know Houstonian, you live in New Orleans, mm -hmm. but your climate story started in yoga in San Francisco. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and and that, that is, like, there is, it doesn't matter how you get there. Everybody has their own story. Sure. And also, what I really like is um, we do take for granted the normal everyday. 
Mm. As a Houstonian, when I come home, I have I think resilience, and I think all the things that have happened to us. Sure, and I sure. Energy. Absolutely. And the things that like are are in your face. Yeah. It is really easy to discount and forget doing every article of clothing. I'm yes. Carbon imprint. Absolutely. That's when it is. Yep. 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 And so, so I like that story, and I really like what you're doing in trying to help um, get to carpet. Carpet is something in your house that you have pretty much no control over. My apartment, I have no control over. Right. Go through and replace everything. Yeah. Right. And and not just carpet. So PVC or polyvinyl chloride is really made for the built environment, 70% of the PVC that's made is for the built environment. So it's flooring materials like carpet, luxury vinyl tile, things like that, but it's also siding, roofing, cabling, um, water, transportation, so plumbing systems, um, windows, doors. So really anything in a space has a large PVC component. So how did you go from yoga yeah. Yoga mats made of PVC. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it, yeah. It's a wild ride. So that yoga mat, um, I'm not sure what it was made of. Probably polypropylene, polyethylene, something like that. Um, when I the first six months, which was just the the research and talking to people, um, I decided the best material to make would be a thermoplastic elastomer. In in sort of layman's terms, that just means there is a rigid element and then a flexible element and you put them together and you get the best of both worlds, right? And so went down that path for a while. And again, it's COVID, right? So the need to like go into places and do testing and prototyping um, was slowed down quite a bit, right? Because people that didn't know you are not necessarily going to let you into those spaces. Um, So it was a lot of webinars and um, meeting people through Zoom and trying to do as much as possible. Um, and then we sort of decided to move away from athletics to automotive, like interiors, right? So like molding or like a dashboard or interior molding or um, molding on the by the tire, the front, things like that, things that have a little bit of give but still need rigidity, um, and then just realize automotive for a brand new startup is a very difficult mountain to climb, right? Because I'm not sure how familiar you are with automotive, but in terms of sourcing, there are tiers, right? There's OEM, right? And then there's all the tiers underneath that. And then the margins for all of those sort of decrease as you go down the list. And then not to mention that everybody there has been doing it forever, right? And so um, they don't really want to, to bring in somebody that's brand new, or if they do, it's just kind of going to get spread across the 3,000 suppliers that they already have. Um, and nothing against automotive, but it just didn't make sense for us to start there. Um, and that was also sort of an epiphany. Um, we, we went at that for a while and then just in an accelerator realized through some talks with mentors that it wasn't working and then decided based on customer discovery that we had already done, um, it should be the built environment. And it should have probably always been the built environment. So we went back to that, 
sort of like made this hard left or U-turn um, and started focusing on what in the built environment could be changed or uh, addressed first. And PVC was just a glaring example, right? It's degrades into microplastics. It disrupts the human endocrine system. It's everywhere, right? So why not start there? So, yeah. And you went, you went to an accelerator. I did. I went to a couple of accelerators, oh, not couple. not in Houston. Yeah, yeah. I assume you had to pick up your life to go off to the deep dive, which is I did. a big commitment. I did. did you, I did. Half of half of last year was I did not live in Houston. Um, so I went to the University of Tennessee. He has a Spark Clean Tech Accelerator in Knoxville. So I did that, uh, and that is where we initially pivoted. So June of last year is where we sort of had that epiphany and pivoted. And then um, after that, went to a generator accelerator. This is where we got our first dilutive funding, person only. Um, and that was in Huntsville with the Hudson Alpha uh, Ad Tech Accelerator. And then uh, you, I recall you also went to the lab for a pilot run? Yeah. Yeah. So the pilot run is at the University of Illinois Urbana Champaign. Yeah. So part of this is also you're partnering with a lot of people all over the country. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think when I started, I was very um, optimistic that all of those resources would be local mm -hmm. and I would be able to, and I tried for, to sort of match those things up. Um, and then after, you know, a while banging my head against the wall, realized I should open that field up and then found that there were resources and I could always come back here. Um, I built it in Houston because I wanted it to be in Houston. Um, and that I could bring those things here, even the learnings that I, you know, got from other places, bring that back here and then build it here. So where is your company today? Are you excited about mm. kind of on your radar? Yeah, I'm excited about the pilot run that you brought up, Jason. That is next week. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's next Wednesday. Um, and so this is a big step for us because so we're currently at TRL four technology readiness level four and um, meaning we've been in the lab we've been doing prototyping all those things in the lab and now it's time to get on some like real industrial size equipment um, so that'll get us to like TRL five or six um, and then as a result of that we'll have um, a large number of samples to sort of send out and let people play with and interact, which which is really exciting. Before, um, I only had the like lab samples, so I would like guard it with my life. And when I take it everywhere and people want to touch it, I'm like, can you please give it back to me, right? But now I'll have, I'll have a lot for people to sort of. And just for context, so like a, a lab scale, like a scale we're mm. talking about. It sounds like the size of a cell phone, mm. but what you're talking about when you're in like a production run. Refrigerator size <laughs> material. Yeah. What's the, what's the and what kind of? Sure. Sure. So, um, in the the lab, we did sheets, mm -hmm. and it was the size of maybe um, a sheet of paper, so a legal size sheet of paper. Um, and we had two at different sort of uh, formulations, um, but that's it. There was only two. Um, at the pilot run, we'll. 10 times that amount, roughly. So eight to 10 scale is what I'm thinking now. Um, but it is a test. So we'll see on Wednesday what it turns out to be. Yeah. 
So it's not going to be just like, uh, you, can't, you can't bring some, some carpet in here that we can like roll around in. We're not, we're not there yet. Well, so when you it's say when you say roll around, <laughs> I want to see if it's off casting. <laughs> well, I mean, I can bring you a little, and you can like you know smell it. I don't know. <laughs> or, or feel it, right? yeah. You can definitely feel it. Yeah, yeah. What she really wants is she wants to pack. So I have done a lot of research about pets and chemicals in carpet, mm. um, and family has lots of allergies and, mm. um, carpet it's also sometimes um furniture yes has a lot of chemicals pvc like as well if you think about your pets they like to lick or a lot closer to the carpet and furniture than, than you are very true most of the day. so mm -hmm. it's near and dear to them but, yeah but the material it's like a, you're saying carpet um the material needs to be Um, well, it's flexible. Okay. So, so the it would or could be using carpet. So carpet, when you turn it over, there's the backing, and a lot of that is a sort of matrix looking, and it's a polymer that they put on the the back. So it could be using that, um, but also in a like a flexible sheeting. If you want to, there's like pourable versions where you can just like pour it and just allow it to cure on its own or with like a little bit of you know heat. Um, so there's lots of different ways to implement it. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So it's a at this point it's just a substrate, and um, I share it with them, and they say, "Yeah, we're looking for something like this to go in this, right? Or this would work well in this process because we're looking for something that is plant based or." Non fossil fuel base, something like that. Yeah. And if I, if I remember, a lot of the technology barriers you said, like, why does this matter? Or why are we looking for this now? Um, is it as much driven by changes in chemistry? Is that what you mean? Mm. Where's the why now? Yeah. Um, personally, I don't, chemistry is chemistry, right? <laughs> I don't think that the chemistry has. It's based on an evolution of chemistry. I think really uh, because of a transparency or at least a, an acknowledgement of studies and information that people have now, the demand has changed. And the people that are supporting that demand recognize that there are alternatives. Um, and so they can present those to the people. Um, I think before it was sort of less the lesser of evils, right? If I mean, you're going to get carpet. No, but what's better than carpet? I guess I'll get luxury vinyl tile, right? And it's, um, you know, ca carpet is synonymous with a lot of allergens and things like that because it traps things, right? But you move into a luxury vinyl tile, something that you can clean directly, but they still have very similar, like, chemical components, right? So um, I think it's just awareness now. And then how does it get from, from, the, from the state that you're at? How does that end up in a product that I would buy? Sure. Um, what we're doing is not necessarily manufacturing. Um, we are developing the processes themselves and the actual, so developing the processes for the technology, right? And then um, the goal is to really license that to the companies that would sort of plug and play those into their current 
practices or processes um, that they have so they can meet either meet ESG goals or um, they can meet um, the customer demand, like you mentioned. Um, so basically what happened, we developed this out. So this beachhead that we're doing now, this initial product, say I sell it to um, the payer company, right? And then they put it in their, their new flooring line. It may be the, the substrate for their um, pourable polymer floor line that they put into hospitals, right? So um, it could be a component. It could be the entire formulation. It would depend, right? So our part of our offering is that not only is there the process, but there's also the technical know-how to um, customize that for what the customer would want. Is, is there a, like a part of this poultry marketing, elevating your brand to the customer? Yeah, I think that it could get to that point, right? I think now it's is really about building trust, right? And being able to say, um, we have built a process um, and X, the pair company uses it and you can see what they've done. And then, you know, steps after that would be like, oh yeah, the, the, whatever process that fractal, the fractal process, right? And that that's what they put into this material or that material. It's absolutely a possibility. Yeah. Mm. That is absolutely the secret sauce. I cannot tell you that. I am leaving. Um, no, there's a few things. Um, I, so plants. Yeah. yeah. So, um, there, there are a few materials. So one is definitely, um, a, a secret sauce sort of material. It is part of our IP. Um, it, but it is, it's based off a, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but then the other are, so, uh, paper and pulp sort of waste streams, um, a good deal of those. And then we've identified plant materials that can, um, contribute certain characteristics. So um, some plants that contribute UV resistance, right? Wow. Or some that contribute antimicrobial activity, right? Uh, the process itself, the, the basic is a drying oil polymerization process, which just means uh, drying oil is just like, like soybean oil or something, something that um, when it's exposed to air agitation, it hardens, right? So there's a proprietary blend of those drying oil um, that, excuse me, that creates sort of the polymer matrix. And then we have these plants that we add to it to create those other things, sort of like make your own pizza, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was excited because she's backing away from the light, but also just like- And my hands are doing things. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so, so one of the things you said, uh, was your company name? Fractal. Yeah, uh, it's really simple, and <laughs> it's it's funny because people either always get it or like there's fifty fifty people get it immediately, and they're like fractal, okay, or they don't pronounce it at all. And I never anticipated somebody with a weird name. I would never create a, my company with a weird name for it to not be pronounced correctly. But it's fractal. That's it. Like the mathematical concept of fractal, which is just. Um, parts re repeating themselves in the whole, right? So like broccoli, like lightning, like waves, all those things. Um, 
And it really is just to represent that we are a part of something that's bigger than us. So I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Part of like the polarized. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, that's good too. Part of power. Okay, good. I hire you for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's do it. So you you came, you left, you came back. A couple right? times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what what were the things that you found in the other programs mm. that you really benefited from? Ooh. I want to go there first. And then like money. <laughs> I mean, that's that was a large part of it. We we've been bootstrapped up until January of this year. So a lot of it was being able to um, retain the equity until we needed it for something else, right? Especially while we were figuring out market fit validation and not wanting to give up equity too soon. Um, So getting grants where possible. So um, I will say we did do an accelerator here um, at the ION, Smart and Resilient Cities Accelerator, and that's where we got our first non-dilutive funding um, through that. Um, but then the, the others, it was a lot of it was, but it was also sort of like hitting, um, three things with one stone, right? So there is the capital aspect, but then there's also being able to connect with leaders in the field. So for instance, at Hudson Alpha, um, they are the preeminent plant um, and human sort of genotypic, phenotypic research facility in America. So if I want to know anything about plants, how to manipulate them to, to get the, the outcomes that I want, or if I just want to know why they do the things that they do, then I go there. So why wouldn't I want to pair, right, if I am building something that is based off plants? So it made a lot of sense. Um, and Honestly, in that case, it was more so that than the money, right? It was being able to have those experts sort of around um, to say, how about this? Or have you considered this? Or being able to potentially work with them on grants and things like that. Um, at the the Spark Accelerator in Tennessee, um, there was also the capital aspect, but there was also, it was a, at their um, research park, which has a materials sort of focus. So again, being able to be connected to people that are um, in the material space so they can kind of say, um, maybe you don't do that, right? So um, I I mentioned that we pivoted there. Our mentors were kind of like, just because you should do a thing, just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should, right? And so um, that was really hard to hear, but it was like, that's true, right? I just because I can make thermoplastic elasters for the automotive environment doesn't mean I should. Maybe I should focus on something that makes more sense. And so um, kind of a combination of things. Yes. It is different. Yeah, it is different. Um, and. For us, you know, starting from scratch, scratch, right? This is not something that was developed in a university setting where it could be sort of um, transferred out directly, right? This was from an idea, right? Definitely an idea. So there were sort of a lot more upfront steps. Um, And so we we needed the 
opportunity and space to be in a lab environment and work things out. Um, so we went to the Mississippi Polymer Institute, um, and that's where we did our initial uh, laboratory work. Yeah. Now that you're back in Tennessee. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, you've gone on your journey. <laughs> you know, all of this, like, yep. During the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, one day you'll look back on all of this in the last. Yes, year. yes. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're glad you're back. Yeah. So what are the things that um, Houston does have now that you The best food in the world. <laughs> I, I have, so I'm sort of a snob about it. And I, you don't, I guess from always being, or being from here, you don't really think about the fact that you can have any type of food that you want. You just have to like, oh, I want that. And I know where to go. Um, and I'm plant-based, vegan. I was, I was about to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that is still sort of difficult to eat in certain places, right? Um, not in Houston. And so I miss that when I go places. So I have my standards that I go to here. If you could see my Uber Eats, you would. it's shameful, but it's the same places. What are they? <laughs> so my very, very, very favorite place, at least once a week, is Local Foods. So um, something there, probably a taco salad or something. You're, you're like, yo. Um, and, you know, it depends on if I'm being naughty. Uh, maybe it's like a burger, burger um, or something. But... When I, like I said, when I when I was sort of across the country, not necessarily in California, but in Huntsville and um, Tennessee, the options weren't there as much. Also, I wasn't able to do yoga, which kind of upset me a little. So I, um, I appreciate that Houston is diverse and there's just so many things to do, right? Um, I love it. I mean, I always come back here. Always. Yep. And, and since you touched on it, we have to talk about the best yoga. <laughs> the best yoga. <laughs> the best yoga joint. I like that. Um so I'll say the 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 yoga joint where I started and is still my favorite is um Kirby and South Boulevard. Um and it's Hot Yoga Houston, I think is the name of it. I don't even know the name. I can get there in my sleep, though. Um, and, yeah, I started, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago there. And it's just, it's good. It just feels like home when you go in. You remember the smell um, and the people. It's just, it's good. Yeah. So, I love hot yoga. <laughs> you I wanna... started doing hot yoga when I lived in Washington. Okay. When it was cold. Yeah. I was there during a couple of the apocalypse years where it was very cold. And I was like, okay. Hot yoga, like, <laughs> it warmed you up from the inside. Back to Texas. Hot yoga almost killed me. So I think I like dehydrated and got a migraine, and then oh, got on no. an airplane and just like thought I was not gonna make it. Oh no! Um, but it is a different experience completely because it is also hot here. It is. Right? How should I combat that? Just drink a ton, a ton, a ton of water. Um, electrolytes. And also, so I don't, because I started at that and it was at that, um, location, that joint. And it was, when I went, it was very structured. So it was, um, we didn't drink water during class. 
So it was to, I, from what I understand, it was to teach you that throughout the day, you're supposed to be preparing for your, so you're hydrating throughout the day as opposed to like gulping it down while you're in class. Um, so yeah, electrolytes, um, eat things with high water content. So salad, lettuce, things like that, things that don't dry you out, no salty stuff. We should all go. There is a club, a entree. I like to go to yoga together. Are there other yoga places you recommend? Huh. I recommend them all. I think everybody should frequent whatever feels best to them. Um, I'm I'm just a creature of habit where certain things are concerned. And so um I don't I don't want to be distracted by like looking and oh this is pretty and what right I want to go this is my studio and I know where I already know that's pretty I've been here I've seen it so like I can focus I also go to um Hot Yoga Plus in Meyerland um there it's like in the shopping center on the second floor um there's one in Sugarland I've been to a couple of Black Swan like um events yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't remember the last one I went to. It was it was the coolest thing ever. It was in like a warehouse and it was it wasn't like trap yoga, but it was like popular music. It was to popular music and it was like easily a thousand people in there. Yeah, it was super cool. Um yeah, anywhere anywhere feel safe. Yeah. I've also done Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Which I think you imprint on the first yoga studio that you go to. Absolutely. Like what it is in your life. Yes. And so that is the opposite of the, <laughs> of the place that I went to. But it was a pandemic, and so we're excited to be around people yeah. outside so you can see. <laughs> and what was funny was it was less hot than in the studio when you're outside. Yeah. I, I imagine when it was like full on summer, you would get the same, same temperature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But being outside. I don't know if it was exceedingly distracting. That's why I like being in a yeah. dark enclosed room that does help you yeah. close off. Um when there are cars driving <laughs> right. birds, like all kinds of things. But was it like in a park? Um the, the studio had like a grassy area. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So so to bring it back to technology and innovation. Sure. Bit, um, I'm gonna take you over. <laughs> There's, There's a new podcast. A new right there. Um, are there some um, like hidden gems in the ecosystem? Mm. Hidden gems in the ecosystem. That's a good question. Um, I think they're all hidden, which is probably the problem, right? Just because there's so many things around, and I learn more and more the more like I network things that I hadn't heard of. And I'm like, I'm from here. Why don't I know that that exists? Um, so like Impact Hub Houston is a, is a big one. Um, and Greentown, I'm a member of Greentown. That's not really hidden, but it's, it's there for, for the climate, you know, people. Um, uh, the ION, I, I still can't believe that people don't know what that is. Right. And so I say the old Sears building, oh, that's a thing now? And I'm like, yeah, you should go there. They have a lot of cool things to do. Um, yeah, I think I think we could do better at like 
showcasing what's going on. Like they've put we've put a lot of resources into building the ecosystem up, and I think maybe everybody doesn't know what's yeah. available. Some of that is yes, spread out. Mm. Right, right. Yes, very true. Very true. I agree. I agree. And also, um, not even just smaller, I think it's also concentration, right? Because we like our space, right? And so we're all over. Um, and so I live... Yeah, I don't live close to Meyerland, right? And so um, I live in Third Ward. And so that's pretty central, Right. But so I would pass Sears, the Sears building to your point in the old Fiesta all the time. But if you're talking about something on even this facility, like the Canon, like I don't come out here. This is past 610. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Um, so I have another question. You yeah. Mentioned for, for the climate folks, you consider Yes. I don't know why it took me so long to answer that. Yes. Well, just because, I mean, everybody has a different journey. And so yeah. sometimes you, some people start out with like a climate mission. Some people mm. discover the climate mission. Yeah. And I can see your, you could, you could sell your product to a lot of people and sure. it's not really, climate doesn't have to be the, the main selling point, right? Yeah. You've got a health impact. you got maybe like a supply chain impact. Yeah. You've got a lot of different selling points. Yeah, but so... Um, I think that the health impact and the climate impact, you can't really separate them, right? And so, <laughs> is that, did I answer that correctly? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, so one of the reasons that the built environment is really important for us to talk about, not only we don't talk about materials as often as we talk about like energy products and things, transportation, things like that, um, because these are the spaces that we inhabit, we spend the most of our time, right? Human uh, Americans spend roughly 90% of their time indoors. So that means you're interacting with this stuff all the time. Um, and it's worse for communities that are already vulnerable, right? So think affordable housing. Um, the materials that they use for projects like this are, tend to be of a lower grade, um, they degrade faster, but then they're also not repairable. So that means, you know, a year or two, two years into interacting with them, they've already started to impact you negatively, right? And um, that if you are in a vulnerable community, if that could mean that you're not, you don't have the access to 
rip out your entire, right? And start all over again, right? Um, so to me, I think they're, they're interlinked and that's one of the reasons why we positioned ourselves that way. Um, it's not something that you can necessarily escape from. And it's also back to the, our origin story, right? Um, I wanted, wanted, aside from me thinking about how it was gonna impact him, I was thinking what happens to it when he throws it away, right? So I think those two things just kind of always go together, at least in in my mind. So um, building, in the, when you talk about climate and mm. rarely you talk about building. It's mm -mm. not as exciting, right? Cars are very about, exciting. Yeah, <laughs> cars, people get power, electricity. Yes. Get, um, Wind. You know, right. <laughs> thinking about you're replacing your car like yes. Right. It's not sexy. Like, oh, windows matter, right? They do. Mm -hmm. That's another one that yep. really no one ever wanted to talk about. Yeah. A little bit more popular now because of the IRA. Yes. yes. So there are lots of incentives also for building. Yes. Because you're probably, are you thinking about that yet? Mm. Or is it something that you're like are, are your customers right. starting to leverage that? You know, investors, are they? It's funny. Um, even in buildings, it's it hasn't really been materials. Even in buildings, it's um, electrification, um, other sort of energy things, like enclosing spaces, retrofitting buildings, things like that. It's not, the, a lot of the talk is not about the materials that we use when we are constructing buildings or we are um, redoing buildings, things like that. So um, it's important, I think, for myself and other founders in that sort of space to sort of bring the the awareness to sort of like the the gap there, right? This is important. It should be it's, it should be important to you, but it's important to all of us, right? How these things are coming across, especially as we IRA, right, all this money is being allocated to to help us to move forward, that we make sure that we include things that are important like materials. Well, yeah. I, I think you, your product, once you got to manufacturing, mm -hmm. right, would qualify because it's decarbonizing. Sure, energy, sure, sure. Right? So there's opportunity. Sure. Like once you hit that point, they have serious, Serious money, and, and so I think that's exciting. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's not like all materials have ever been invented, right? Like, right. Do we have the technology to get to our, our climate goals? Or when mm. you see the white space in the future, because you obviously chose to be um, used to like, mm. with like a flexible and soft kind of material, but what else is there? So in the world, the giant, ginormous world of plastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted, I'm trying to remember the, the quote. It's like, of all of the the biological possibilities that are out there, we've discovered like a single digit percentage of those things, right? So um, 
think about all the things that we could create or that will be created. And we've created 2% of those things, right? Um, I think as we are more honest and transparent about challenges that we've had and what we are looking to do, especially as 2030 and 2050 get closer, um, I think we're going to be more industry-wide, entrepreneur-wide, um, taking more risks on what we are looking to create, right? And what people, to your point, you brought up investors, what people are willing to back, right? Because it's it's 2023, right? Seven years is not a long time, right? So um, there are going to have to be some things that come along pretty quickly that um, maybe have not even been invented yet, right? So, and I think a, a good deal of them haven't been invented yet. So random question that I just thought of. Yeah. Um, former city person brain. Is there a permanent factor that you were have chose to work or like tested hospital, mm. like hospital floors? Mm. Is, is there something that tested both your manufacturers and how you allowed to use your products? Yeah, so there's a standard. There's a ASTM, if you've heard of that. There's, um, they have standards for everything. They have standards for resilient flooring, which is what that's called. Um, and then there's specific sort of like antimicrobial tests and things like that for um, specific use cases for hospitals and, and things like that, or schools. They have different standards. Microbes under like yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have, there's going to be a standard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to bring a new And that, that can be like actually a passing the standard, right? So you get the standard. Yeah. But then even though you have a standard, there's always, there's often hesitancy to bring the first, sure. the first one. This is the first hospital that has a new product. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the concrete example, right? There's so much advanced. There is always going to be hesitancy to bring the first person to the building. Right? Or that first bridge. Right. <laughs> and, and so how do you think about that? Yeah. So I think some of that is covered in like pilots, right? You're able to mitigate some of the risks and hesitancy. Um, and then our goal anyway, or our strategy is to sort of build up, right? So initial pilot, maybe smaller scale, um, sort of a safer bet, and then get riskier and riskier and riskier. And then as you show that growth and being able to meet those targets and metrics, um, you sort of prove to people that you're able to do things. And when you fail, that you were able to come back around and figure out why and that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, again, to your point, some of these things are very ambitious. And I don't think that the the goal is necessarily perfection in the first try. It's okay, we set up a, a strategy or plan to get to it, and then we met those things, and how do we need to, to work around? Love it, love it. Yeah, so I, I think uh, unfortunately we're running out of time as much okay. as I enjoyed talking about this. Um, the, the most important question we're going to ask you is the prehistoric <laughs> flora fauna you would bring back mm. and tell us what it is. <laughs> I don't think I would bring anything back uh, just because I think that's irresponsible, but Brontosaurus are, that's like childhood dream, is to like pet a brontosaurus. So is that from the Lance Corporal? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my gosh. I don't think, I don't think if I'm trying to remember their names. I remember watching that movie. Um, I don't remember their names, but it was a is it? Yes. I, my brain did a little sparkle, so maybe that was. <laughs> Yes. They did make quite a few. Did we watch all of them? Yes. yes. <laughs> what kids don't like dinosaurs? I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a whole weird story about how bringing back prehistoric and post plays into climate tech. So, so mm. you guys, on your, on your radar. Yeah. Is, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It is. But you also said just because you could doesn't mean you should, which we learned from Yes, which is the other one. Yes. Keep it in the balance. Yes, I never forget that. So when we think about, you know, what are the things that you do? What is something that our audience here can do to help you do your work? Help me? Yeah. Talk about materials more. When you are thinking about your place of residence or ask what things are made of. And when they tell you, say, is there something else? Right, because they're tip what they're typically offering you is going to be made of PVC, right? And um, tell them you don't want PVC, and <laughs> watch them squirm a little bit, right? And um, I think we just need to start those conversations. Yeah. My home is eighty years old, roughly, right? Um, so I have uh, wood floors, original wood. So I don't. That is not big there. I should, though, there are other things there that may have PVC, and I haven't even thought. That's a, I'm going to do that when I go home. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> we have a website, uh, Fractal, 2Ks, F-R-A-K-K-T-A-L, dot yeah. com. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yep. Well, excited. I can't wait until I can say, Yes, I like the way that sounds. Oh, yes, I love it. And then we're going to go to yoga. Side eye. Side eye, yes. Great. All right. Thanks. Cool.